The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Toink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. Welcome to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, myself, Mike. How's it going, guys? Yeah, not bad, but still trying to figure out what's going on after this past weekend. I mean, it started on Thursday and it just went all the way through. Yeah. With all the D23 stuff. Yeah. Started Friday. And with Disney Plus Day. That's where it started. Oh, yeah. Some craziness. Very much craziness. I, why they, I didn't hear any of it. <laughs> I don't know why they did the Disney Plus Day because everybody knows you couldn't really announce much of anything on that since D23 was the next day. <laughs> they announced a few things, but I agree. I, I do agree with you. When did when did Disney Plus launch? Three years it was ago, November. September 8th. Yeah. So it wasn't even that. It wasn't November? Yeah, it was in November. It launched with Mandalorian. And why do we do Disney Plus Day? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Because it's being all being run by a mouse. Hey, hey, hey. You're right. You are correct. I am trying to find on Wikipedia. What are you trying to find? Disney Plus on Wikipedia to find out uh, actual launch day. Launched November 12, 2019, two years ago. Yeah. So why, so why is Disney Plus Day? Uh, 2019, that's... Three years ago. Not yet. Well, yeah, technically. Technically. But no. Well, 2019 was three years ago. (laughs) Yes. But they have not hit three-year anniversary. No, not till November. Just like uh, Geeks would not hit its 10-year anniversary until November. Or Mighty Marvel Geeks hit nine years until November. But this show has already hit eight years, or six years. Mm Mm-hmm. We did that in July. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to, I'm scanning through Wikipedia article, see if there's a reason why September 8th is, or why September 8th is important. Because some marketing guy threw a dart at a calendar and said, that's the day we're doing it. <laughs> Probably. Oh, either that or that's when it was September 8th, 2019, 
when it was introduced at Disney Plus with the first bit of info coming to it, it's November 8th, 2018, that Disney Plus is coming. 2019, August is when they open up subscriptions. Mm. September 12th. Maybe because they wanted to pee with um, Star Trek Day. Maybe. That was the same day, actually. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have no clue. I have absolutely no clue. I'm, I'm confused. Technically, Disney Plus Day should be November 12th or November 8th when it was announced by Bob Iger back in 2018 that the service was going to be called Disney Plus. I guess they just wanted to use it to kick off D23, but I don't know why they would want to do that. Yeah, but they, they did it as Disney Plus Day last year as well. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. At this point in time, it, it just doesn't matter. It's above our pay grade. Oh, it's way above my pay grade. And I work for the company, so I have no no clue why. But I do know, go to bookieradio.net, right-hand side, check out our affiliates such as Bitty Boomers. Use code WeBeGeeks for 15% off your purchase. And WinGeeks15 for 15% off your purchase from our friends and partners over at Toink. Dot com T-O-Y-N-K.com. Dot toink, toink. And uh, Derek, you've got this week's uh, pick of the week since we started doing that. And it's actually getting a pretty and. good it's getting a pretty good response on uh, on Instagram. Is it? Yeah. Excellent. So this week I will be choosing the Star Wars eleven ounce stacking mugs. Uh, they are the set of three mugs that stack together to form pictures and they have one of Han Solo in Carbonite, Lando Calrissian, General Lando Calrissian I should say and Princess Leia in uh, everybody's favorite costume (laughs) just go ahead and say it that's right, her Hoth gear (laughs) no, it's Slave Leia yes, see, sorry it's always going to be Slave Leia to me that's how we knew it, that's how it was identified originally but if you get all three of these mugs, mug sets, you can swap them out so you can put Princess Leia's head on Lando Calrissian's torso and Han Solo and Carbonite's legs. Oh, ah. so it's one of those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so one mug's got all the heads, one mug got all the torsos, one leg's got all, or one mug's got all the legs. Yes. Oh, cool. That's yes. cool. Again, free shipping in the continental U.S. And if you use code WINGEEKS15, 15% off purchase. Can't go wrong. So uh, so we talked a little, you know, we, we've already teased a bit um, Disney Plus Day and D23. Um, let's start with Disney Plus Day. Did y'all watch the trailer for Andor? Oh, yeah. Nope. That, that was more than just a trailer. That was 10 minutes of awesomeness. I have decided not to watch it. Oh, hey. so that uh, our, our fresh most of it is, comes out. Most of it is just a scene, and most of the stuff that was in that scene you've seen in the trailers anyway. Yeah, but I think that full scene we get isn't that also the scene that was shown with the IMAX? Possibly, I don't know. I think I it didn't, is. There's no IMAX showing around here. I think it is, and you know, I'm still okay with it because I don't. It's not taken away from the series for me. Yeah. And and I am getting a little little stoked for the series. I, I'm a excited. little bit. I I am excited for it. I I still not getting expectations high because I don't want to be disappointed. But I I am excited. I I'm looking forward to it. Um, speaking of, we have seen it in the trailers. Uh, I find it interesting. You know, the the series takes place five years before before New Hope. Is what they said. Is the timeline is five years yeah. before. 
Yeah. I find it interesting. We are still seeing, here we are 15 years deep into the Galactic Empire, and we're still seeing Phase 2 clone armor in use. What a world is this? Well, you know, maybe on uh, like the, the outer rims or whatever, they, they don't send their newest troopers or whatever. Who knows? Well, if you remember as well uh, from Rebels, Rex even mentions clone trooper armor is much better than the stormtrooper armor. Mm-hmm. True. So, and also you got to think just uh, just like we you were saying, Derek, the ga- the galaxy is such a huge place that they may it may take a while for them to actually upgrade everybody. Yeah, right. Well, fifteen years is a big, big time. You were thinking. Well, you're talking about millions of systems with probably billions upon billions, if not more, of actual army army troopers. Right. (laughs) True. But you know, I'm still, I still want to see because we don't get it completely. uh, Even, even with Rex, uh, I would love to see the phase true phase two armor with the stormtrooper helmets, a mix of the two. Yeah. And, and see if you know, maybe some groups got the new armor or got the new helmets but didn't get the armor. They're still having to see the other armor. I think that would be pretty cool to see. I'm curious to see what that would look like. A Franken trooper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And be like a transition trooper. You can have the stormtrooper helmet, the princess Leia's torso, the- <laughs> and a pork's feet. <laughs> That kind of reminds me of, um, I don't even remember what it was called. I remember when we were kids, there was a Crayola or something made it where it was these uh, plastic tiles. Oh, yeah, that yeah, were, yeah. There was a bunch of heads, a bunch of shorts, oh, a bunch of yeah. feet. And you'd put them together in whatever combination you wanted, and then you put paper over and use the crayon to etch it or to rub yeah. it. And you get all kinds of weird characters. Yep. I forget what in the world it was I called. I that. <laughs> Me too. And, and they had male and female versions. It's the female, yeah. you could do the different fashion plates, whatnot. Uh, for for male, you either did monsters or sci-fi aliens. Or mix and match. Or if you had both sets, you could mix and match. Yeah. So I, I think I had the aliens. So th- I think Crayola may have actually put that out. So it was for, they used it with crayons. Awesome. Quite possibly. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I actually, would be surprised. I, bet, I would not be surprised if it was like a Crayola monster maker or something like that. I know, I know stuff like that still exists. I think Crayola still makes one. I'm sure. So, um, ha, there, right there. I just looked up, um, Crayola monster mixer is what they call it. Oh. And cause this looks like that's well, actually, let me go back to the other one. Cause color wonder also. Yeah. There's a I'm bunch sure. of different ones. There's one from 95. There's <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of different versions. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to say the one that came out when we were kids, younger had actually four plates. There was the head, upper body, the waist, the pants, the shoes. Yeah, here you go. This is one of the ones I think I was thinking of. This is an eBay thing for it. So go check out it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mighty yeah. Men and Monster Maker. Yeah, by Tommy. I remember this one. From Tommy, yeah. Yeah, because they had, yep, this is the superhero and the monsters. Yeah, yeah, I remember this one. There was an, Every once in a while, the brain actually works. There's, there's a bunch of different variations of this. Oh, yeah. So I remember this, then I also remember some that were straight, um, rectangular pieces mm-hmm. not, not the funky pieces like we're seeing here yeah yeah right i mean there, there was a whole variety tommy had it uh i think crayola did have one um yeah so um ken so what am i missing from andor that was a highlight uh i don't know that i was enjoying the whole thing really um i actually um i'm excited about andor coming but the um, i was a little more excited watching the other one we got that day which was the behind the scenes from Kenobi a little bit. Yes. Because I recognized someone in there. 
Mm-hmm. I looked. I looked for Molly. I didn't see her at the in the scene where Deborah Chow is giving her speech at the very end, and you, they show the crew sitting there. Molly's sitting dead center, just standing there with another little person standing beside her. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that. Molly was wearing like a um, tan robes or something. I have to go back and watch because I was I was looking for. Her. Yeah. I, I well, just, I've known her a lot longer, so it, it was quicker for me to um, yes, it, yes, see, to notice her. So, Derek, did you get a chance to watch it? Nope. Oh, uh, well, we will we will hold off takeaways until Derek gets a chance to watch it. Yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. I'm not worried about it being spoiled. It's behind the scenes, so it's all, yeah, okay. it's behind the scenes. Uh, I of all the different galleries and behind the scenes shows for Star Wars, I think this one was the best. I really liked how uh, they threw up footage on the on the volume walls in front of each person. Yeah, the highlight. Um, I loved. I mean, we, we we've read the stories online about Aiden and Ewan. You know, first reaction they had seen each other, but once they got on set, um, the whole story of you know, Hayden's like was out there getting ready to shoot his part. It's like, where's where's Ewan? They they all go. Uh, he's done with his for the day. But he he's over there. And he shouts out, Obi Wan. All of a sudden, Ewan comes over to, to watch the scene being done. No, no, Ewan was standing by the camera over on the other side of the far distant camera, and we kind of waved at him. Right, but ended up coming up to him after they filmed the scene. Yeah. He stuck around for it. Uh, I loved seeing young Leia just have the affinity with the Astromex. Mm-hmm. Well, the, you kind of you touched on it there, but um, I still think the coolest thing that whole th- the way they just because the way they shot it, the um, the sea. What to really what you can do? Imagine um, documentaries coming up and what they could do using stuff like the volume. Yeah, because they shot a lot of the um, interview stuff in the volume with the, using the background as basically like a movie screen. Yeah, which is what I touched on in the beginning. Yeah, and I, I think it's great. Uh, I absolutely, it was beautiful. I, I think that's why I enjoyed um, this be this behind the scenes show better than than the others. I mean, I enjoyed the others. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I think this one was set up so so well, so much better that it worked. That it absolutely worked. A lot of the behind the scenes stuff was really cool too, on like the makeup and things like that. And um, yeah, watching them applying the prosthetics to to um, Hayden Christensen yes. and things like that. It, it was all beautiful. It was gorgeous the way it was done. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, for me, one of the takeaways is with it, uh, I totally forgot um, the one guy who's the, the lead of the rebellion, but this particular cell of the rebellion, it's Ice Cube's son. Yeah. I totally. We covered that. Oh, yeah. I totally did not catch that. And Yeah, we talked about that. I know we talked about it. I've had a lot go on <laughs> since then. I'm like, <laughs> so for me, it was like a True. new, new, uh, new discovery. Okay. This is cool. And um, no, it, it was, it was, uh, I, I love to see just how much practical was done within the volume, you know, even with the conjunction of the volume, but to see um, the first planet they go to with all the neon and how that was more volume work than it was actual scene, you know, actual, that, that was, I was blown. I thought there was a lot of practical set there. And to see it was all all volume and yeah, depending on how they needed to go down the street, depending on what type of look we got with it and the and the dimension, that just helped show dimension even more. It, it, to me it was just beautiful how how they uh definitely keep Deborah Child going with the show. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the only thing I had to, that was some of the criticism when we watched the show was um you could see the limitations a little bit of using the volume right because it, and it, it doesn't it does very well for lighting for outdoor daylight scenes yeah. or even indoor daylight scenes the darkness it if it's dark 
it's very easy to tell that you're inside, not outside. Yeah. But I have the same problem watching um, regular TV shows sometimes. Like um, when Batwoman first came out, it's like every time they're on a rooftop, you could, uh, I could just, you could tell instinctively oh, that they were yeah. in a soundstage. Yeah. yeah. That it wasn't yeah. actually outside. Yeah. Is there something about right. night light, night light, and lighting the sky that it doesn't work? It is very, very difficult to get into work unless you're actually out underneath the stars. But yet they were able to do it well. So that's or, or, and it's something you know, they're going to do even better the more they work with it. Yeah, because everything they've done up to this point has all been outdoors daytime shots. Yeah, yeah. I I I was thrilled. Uh, I was absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was blown away by quite a bit of it. Um, I loved how we see. Uh, is it Zach Braniff? Zach Baniff? How he he's um, animating the head? Oh yeah. On the actor for the or what? No, he was actually in the suit. The whole guy. He was actually in the suit, I believe. Yeah, but we we see the mechanics behind the, the articulation for it. Yeah, that was cool. Um, uh, oh, the uh, the sequence too when they when they when Obi Wan or not Obi Wan when Ewan right person wrong name uh, when Ewan was talking about the first time he he sees. Vader on set because he has never seen Vader on set. Well, the description of that day in general, how he comes down and walking down the street, and they're all there. Um, most of the people have pretty much been done and stuff, but nobody's leaving. And there's all these, he said, there was so many extra crew, like the entire crew was there for some reason. He's like, why is everybody still here on set? And then he realized, oh, wait. Vader's coming. <laughs> They're waiting to see Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. I am surprised with all those extra crew around. They didn't just throw costumes on them and throw them in the, in the scene. You couldn't overflow the scene, because remember, that was a nighttime scene. Everybody was supposed to be mostly hiding. True. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't walk, walking through a crowded marketplace or something like that. I was on that crew. I'd be gone. Get me a costume. I Although, the scene. <laughs> that would have been cool. I, I would I try to talk my way into the scene. Yeah. I don't care if I'm, mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm peeking around a barrel or a crate. I want to be in the scene. But, oh, I mean, yeah, we've all seen Vader in person walking down an aisleway or whatnot at a store or at a convention. But to actually be in universe, oh. I've seen a lot of very short Vaders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not yeah. All, most of the Vaders I've seen have all been about the right height. They're a little a little short, but they're still over six five. They're Vader. a little short for a Vader. <laughs> yeah, Vader Vader's supposed to be like six eight, six nine. Yeah, was almost seven three. But David Prowse was allergic to the yak hair, so it went to Peter Mayhew instead. Mm. Um, but no, I I would love absolutely love to see uh, be on set see Vader coming down with troops and everything. Yeah, in in, in the in the proper mm. setting. Um, if they ever decide that they're going to put Vader in Galaxy's Edge, I I think I would get that vibe there. I mean, I don't get it a lot with Kylo, and I've seen Kylo in Galaxy's Edge. I've seen the troopers in Galaxy's Edge. I think there's something the different. The first order troopers and Kylo Ren don't have the same mystique about them. It's something different about Vader. Kylo Ren. They tried to make him a Darth Vader style villain. It, it it never worked right. Yeah. Well, no, I think that was the whole purpose of Kylo is he he wants to be like his grandfather, but he's not his grandfather. Right. Which is fine. I think even though we know who um, who Anakin was, you think Darth Vader, when most people were first ever introduced to him, was him showing up on the Tantive Four. Yeah. Coming through, choking yep. people out, that type of thing. And um, no matter what, that there was your first impression. Well, mm-hmm. when you see the smoke billow around him as that cape, as, it, as his cape changes the look of the fog and just totally changes the atmosphere around him. You're like, I know for me, I'm, I didn't even know who the character was was what his name was i just knew that that was the bad guy and people are scared of him yeah 
no matter don't what. mess with this guy exactly he, he's someone you don't want to mess with and he's someone we all wanted to be on the playground mm-hmm. it was one of those times oh yeah i'll be the bad guy if i have to want to be the heroes too but mm-hmm. i'll be the bad guy don't care me or with my lightsaber you know that i have from rebel sabers i chose vader's sound font for my blade because i love his blade love his sound now it's not red but it's his sound um my plocoon saber i believe is almost the same sound it's very similar it's got the low growl to it and i love that uh i mean i i will eventually get a rebel saber vader hilt it will be a green blade i will assign it a green blade but i will still have vader's sound on it yeah because that's what i want <clears throat> My my sound for my lightsaber, if I have the choice, is going to be a Vader, either a Vader or a Dooku silk, uh, sound. And the two of them are very similar to each other. See, I'm the, not being an actual sound guy myself. I don't, I don't hear that big of a difference between the sounds of the sabers. Yeah, me either. Uh, I do hear the slight difference. Um, I couldn't tell you right offhand what they are right now, um, but a lot of it depends on the hilt. Um, like when Derek gets his saber from Savi's, depending on the crystal he picks and what character is associated with that particular crystal will, will be the sound of his saber. So afterwards, if he goes into Doc Ondar's and picks up, say he gets a red crystal, uh, he goes in and picks up a green crystal and a blue crystal. He can end up uh, green he could end up with uh, Yoda or Luke or um, I don't remember the others. Somewhere online, there's a whole list of someone broke down what what each crystal, the variations for each color crystal. White, you'll get Ahsoka. I'm going to have to look into that. Um, <clears throat> but, but it's still a random pick of, I mean, you could pick up four red ones in hopes of trying to get the elusive black crystal, which I'm still on that hunt. Zoe and I are on the hunt for black mm-hmm. crystals. Um, you, you could you could get those. You, you could get four. Of course, it's supposed to be Maul, Maul the Emperor, Vader, and I think Dooku. Probably. But you can end up with four, four Vaders. A lot of it is you don't know unless you get the, the holocron. Uh, supposedly, there's a way you could check without having a holocron of who you have. But there's also a checklist of what the different variants are. Uh, for me personally, I don't care about having the different variants for each color. I just want one of each color. And I have them all but the black saber or black crystal. Because you can't just get the black crystal. No, it's a one in 100 pull with the red. Uh, you, can pull, you can pull 100 red crystals and guaranteed at least one black crystal. Obviously, there's a chance of getting more than one, but it's supposed to be uh, it's it's random one in a hundred. Well, that would be the odds of one in one hundred, but that doesn't mean you're going to get it if you get a hundred crystals. Right, right. Because I have the card trader game or um, app on my phone, and there's a lot of times like one of the rare cards is like a one in ten chance of um, get pulling this rare card. One out of ten packs, I'll go through twenty packs and not pull it. True. Mm-hmm. It all depends on just the what you opened at that time. Yeah. If you happen to the boxes that you're opening, if you get like two boxes or three, whatever it is, you get that hundred crystals and you open and it just happens to not be a black one in that set. Then and then someone could open a hundred and get four of them. Well, I, I've seen people grab, grab five crystals, red crystals and open up three black ones. Mm-hmm. So uh, rarely do I see three just, in a row. I've seen two in a row and two, just, two in a pool, but never three. Just remember what Han Solo told three C3PO. Never tell you the odds. Yep. No, no, no. It was never tell him the odds. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm still looking for Black Crystal. Black Crystal. Also, I personally would like to call the Black Crystal the Dark Crystal. <laughs> is it the Dark Wrong Crystal fran- or the Shard? Wrong franchise. <laughs> Wrong franchise. Or is the Shard of the Dark Crystal? <laughs> yeah, perhaps. 
Yeah, it would, it would just be a shard, wouldn't it? Next thing you know, you'll be trying to make Skeksis or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, technically, that could all fit in the Star Wars yeah. universe. It could. It's true. It could. It, it, it could. So, uh, I guess moving right along, let's talk about um, D23 uh, first up. Well, before we get to Star Wars, we do have Lucasfilm um, stuff other than Star Wars that was phenomenal. I want to gush a little bit. Because it's not a um, Lucasfilm podcast, but dude, that Willow trailer. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, that Willow was, was insane. Was absolutely you probably didn't see that either, did you, Derek? I did see that, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, the, if the show is anything like the trailer, they got it perfect. Yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be great. Uh, so on D23... At the Lucasfilm Marvel Disney panel, um, the Lucasfilm offering first thing announced: The Mandalorian and Grogu are coming to Galaxy's Edge in November. But there's one problem with that. Kyle, when are you going, Derek? Yeah, in a week and a half. Even even <laughs> even if they said it was coming out next week, there's one problem: California only. Well, oh, that'll geez. change. It's just that's where they're starting it. I don't know if it will change. I'm wondering if some of that is not just um, they're going to do it in one park so because they only have two or three Grogu's total, and they want to make sure that it's going to do what they want it to do while it's in the pa- in the pouch. Possibly. And once they get the bugs worked out of it, then they can spread it a little farther. Well, there, there's nothing to say either that there won't be a uh, puppeteer in hiding in the crowd somewhere to control it, too. Yeah. Well, I guarantee someone's going to be controlled. It's not going to be totally auto animatronic there's going to be someone controlling it for a while oh i'm sure there will be um we don't have finnick shand out here in, in florida she's california only she's been out since beginning of summer mm. so a little disappointed in that. yeah but how how far behind california were you guys when you opened, opened was it like may, five or six months no they opened in may we opened in august they opened yeah Officially Memorial Weekend, we essentially opened Labor Day. Okay, so four months. So Fennec Shand was at the beginning of summer. You may be getting her in the next month or two if they, if they keep it with a similar rollout schedule. I don't think they are because we got the Star Cruiser and they're keeping that timeline as mm. strict as possible to coincide with the Star Cruiser. Because it'd be hard for to explain, have guests explain to people on the ship. We saw the Mandalorian. We saw Fennec Shand when, uh, at the moment, we don't know their fate in the sequel in the sequel trilogy timeline. And kind I don't of think it would be a problem. I mean, I know they're extremely precious about exactly having timeline just right, and people wouldn't care that the timeline's not perfect. Yeah, but Disney does care. That's the problem. I on know. the other hand, yeah. On the other hand, um. You know, if anybody says, well, how come California has Fennec Sheen in, in Mandalorian and Grogu? Then they can just say, well, because, you know, Florida has the Star Cruiser. And, that, and for me, this kind of goes back to one part should have been close to the original trilogy era and the other part sequel. And since since Florida has been more sequel based <laughs> anyway, er, ever since, you know, when the sequels came out, a lot of our shows whatnot were more based around the sequel because when we had the, the March of the First Order down Hollywood Studios and all that, um, keeping us in the sequel trilogy is fine. Because again, we got the Star Cruiser that's based in the sequel trilogy. Should California go more original trilogy or, or post-original, you know, that time period between trilogies and hit and become more um, Mandalorian, more Ahsoka, more Book of Boba Fett, since you have they would have to phase out their first order troopers and Kylo Ren and all that, though. I agree. I agree. And, th- and they should. Or they really want to do I, it like that. I, 
I kind of like the idea that you're bringing up, though, of the two different parks having the two different timelines. Mm-hmm. That would make it. That would make me want to go to both. Yes, because our our paint is a lot brighter, a lot more bold here because of our weather. Whereas California's mm-hmm. is faded a little bit. So you could show the era, how, you know, that's Black Spire shortly after the time of the, the Empire. They haven't, in the New Republic right. era, things are starting to brighten up. Whereas now we're at the end of the New Republic era with the First Order and it hasn't had a chance to get all faded and busty anymore. Right. And, you know, if you're worried about the Thai Echelon, well, Thai Echelon, you know, who's to say that's not a ship that's been around for a while? It wasn't just a straight First Order ship. Yeah. Right. Switch that out, make that um, you know, something from the the Empire or, or from the Galactic Empire era. Um, maybe I understand you're going to want a character like Vader or, or Kylo coming off of it, but nothing. So, I don't know. Can't do Gideon. Gideon doesn't wear a helmet that we're aware of. Yeah, but you, I think they do Ray. Yeah, but if we're trying to get rid of sequel era from California. No, I'm saying though, Ray doesn't wear a helmet. You, it's obviously not. Um... Right, but they got, Ridley. they got they got they got they uh, got oh yeah I guess they could do that but they have Kylo so what yeah what? he wears the mask he's got his mask on you don't have to have the character have it could be someone else a different actor in the care in the role yeah and, it, and people accept it no problem how many times do you see kids going up and um, giving Ray a hug that's Ray yeah right yeah so I I'd be curious to see if they continue going pre sequel trilogy in California. Just go with it full tilt. Go ahead and just t- change the time period. Yeah, they need to put a new diner out there and um have Dexter Jester's diner on uh, Black Spire Outpost, and we get an actual Dexter Jetster. Tell me how cool that would be. He's oh, actually, that would be awesome. You because you basically only see his head and his uh, two of his arms through the window, but still. That, He's that making would, the food. That would be cool. Or have him working with Cook in uh, yeah, Docking Bay 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's now Cook with, with uh, Chef Cook, who runs Docking Bay 7, where they were early partners, and then Cook bought him out. But uh, it, it, I, I have, again, this is total speculation. I, I have not heard anything. I don't know anything about these type of plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to be careful because um, if, if I'm getting lucky here with my guests, it, it's, it is pure luck. Um, is I really love my job. <laughs> I really do. And I do protect my <laughs> NDA, but like I said, I know nothing. Uh, but to me, it would make sense at this point in time. You could still keep Rise of Resistance the way it is. Is it still they're trying to, you know, that ride could be set far enough ahead in the timeline where they're trying to recruit for the resistance. Is the but the rest of it is set, you know, you could change the resistance outpost to a new republic outpost. You had the Galactic Empire area or the, the the remnant empire area, you want to call it that, and then then everything else. Uh, I think the thing that changes is uh, V. Marathi changes because she set in sequel era. You have to create a new spy spying on the empire for General Leia for the New Republic on these remnant forces. You would have to create a new character for that. I think that wouldn't be that hard to do. Basically, it's the same character description, but it's a new name and new costume and look. You know, maybe. And then you could, and you could throw in a X-wing pilot walking around as, as like a marshal, you know, like Wolf Trapper, like uh, uh, what's his name, you know, like we see in Book of Boba Fett and uh, Mandalorian. Yeah, the Rangers. 
Yeah, they could be the you know they could be the Rangers, of the New Republic, walking around as well. Uh, other big things coming out of um, D23, Bad Batch confirmed will arrive January fourth, twenty twenty three. That was kind of disappointing. Yeah, yeah, but I it makes sense. Expecting it to be that far away. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping it was coming sooner, but I'm okay with that. I kind of understand yeah. though, because you got to remember, Andor comes out next week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're yeah. gonna get to Tales of the Jedi. Wow, and already? we have huh? Yeah, already, yeah, the twenty first. Uh, Three episodes. Well, you know, I'm f- I'm focused on other things. <laughs> Question's gonna be: but, Are you gonna be able to watch? Are, are we all gonna be? I know I'm gonna be able to watch all three episodes <laughs> before show next Wednesday. Oh, I'm watching them. Oh, pressure's on, there. Uh, pro- I don't know. We'll see. Pressure's on. Um, then but we have that. So we have that. We have um, Tales of Jedi. We'll get to in a minute. And we have Willow all before the end of the year. Yep. yep. So that, I think that's why they, that may be why Bad Batch bumped to um, January, and they'll use Bad Batch to lead into Mandalorian. Yeah. Mandalorian, I see us getting probably February, March. Yep. You can roll back the game a little bit. Not a lot. Just a little. Uh, going back to Tales of the Jedi, this is not what we were expecting or hoping. Yeah, I thought this that was exactly what did call it for. It's um, two three episode um, shorts, or it's six two story arcs basically, and it's uh, basically filling in the details of the backstory of Ahsoka and Kanduku. Correct. We were when we heard the title, we were thinking it was going to be oh. based more along the lines of the uh, Tales of the Jedi comics. Yeah, and bringing some of those stories to canon. But, yeah, I was thinking back to when we actually got more of the information uh, earlier this summer. But the question is going to be, how much of this is going to retcon canonical books Ahsoka and Dooku Jedi lost? I don't think it will. Hmm. I'm, ho- I'm hoping. Well, Ahsoka is the one that I'm worried about. But with, I think with Dooku Jedi lost, this is going to continue covering stories that we don't get in Jedi lost. that aren't yeah. covered in Jedi lost. And I, I am definitely looking forward to both of these. Um, but I think I'm more excited about seeing as much as I love Ahsoka as well. I'm more excited seeing the Dooku stuff than in the Ahsoka because it helps fill in some of the gap of what's talked about between Dooku and Obi-Wan in uh, episode two. Mm-hmm. And we see that relationship with him and Gwygon. Um, and I think it's funny. We see, you know, as Gwygon harps on Obi-Wan to not rush into things, where did he learn that lesson? From Dooku, because we see that a little bit here. Gwygon don't, because Gwygon's one to jump in. Yeah. So uh, I think that's great. Uh, I'm going to love the Dooku part of it because we're not going to have clone troops. We're not going to have. I, I'm curious to see what we have in, in the way of who goes with them troop wise for support, or is it, it just the Jedi? It was just the Jedi before. But do we see remember it? when um, Qui Gon and Obi Wan went out to the trade dispute? They didn't have any troops with them. It was True, just yeah. them. True. You gotta think they were not generals and soldiers, right? They were peacekeepers. Right. But it still makes you. Mm-hmm. But I've always wondered too, though. Did, I mean, yeah, they would send groups of Jedi out, but did the Senate ever send any any help as well, or was there local help that was with them? This it would have what, to be hope, local because remember, before the clone troopers, there was no army for the Republic. Right. right. There was probably like Senate security or something like that, but that's all there is. That was just a police force for them only. True. That was not an army. And in the Jedi, remember early on, the Jedi 
pointed out multiple times, they are not an army. They are not soldiers. They cannot fight a war. Right. Uh, Next, we got um, Ahsoka. Oh, well, did you catch the other part of this, though? All six episodes dropping same day. Yeah, I did catch that. Which, which, October 26th, we get all six episodes of Tales of the Jedi. Well, but they're they're short. They're shorts. Yeah, they're all shorts. Yeah, I was going to say they're short. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if all six make up an hour. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So each one, 10 minutes each, which is fine, but I'm going to want more personally. I, w- I would love to hit more Dooku. Let's talk. Let's get a series. I mean, let's, let's let the series continue on about the beginnings of Mace. Um, talk about Sifo-Dyas. It could happen. Let, let's talk about, you know, Kit Fisto, Plo Koon, Luminera. Let, let, let's get all of these different Jedis that we see that lead into the prequels. And what did they do beforehand? I would love to see something with Jocosta New. You have an entire episode of just her yelling at people for being too loud in the library. Well, no, she she was a Jedi before. I mean, she was active before becoming a librarian. We, we, we don't know that. Yeah, we do. Because we see her skills used in uh, one of the episode near the end of Clone Wars. No, she's a fully trained Jedi, but that doesn't mean she wasn't always a librarian. I, right. I don't believe yeah. she was. I would love to see some of those tales before she became a librarian. I like to think that she was always a librarian. She's fully trained and she can do everything a Jedi can do, but she just chose to be a librarian the whole time. Yeah. Uh, then we got... Uh, skeleton crew, which is still currently in production, mm-hmm. and will center around, around a group of children lost in space and be set in the New Republic time frame. Uh, creators are John Watts and Chris Ford. They join Favreau and Filoni. Um, question now is, are they Jedi and Apprentice, or are they Sith? Is this the role of two? I don't know. Well, I'm wondering, <laughs> I think this is going to tie into the Mandalorian um, world. I, I think it is. If it's the same time frame and did Favreau Filoni have any touch with it at all, then it's gonna this is gonna tie in with the Mandalorian storylines. Well, well, they say it's New Republic time frame. Time frame. Yeah, that's where we're at with Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka. It's all gonna be that. I mean, it, it's all the Filoni Favreau or Favreau Filoni verse at this point. That era, the New Republic era. Which I like because it's, it's a uh, previously untouched era. Exactly. And it's an era that we could go with very little Skywalker influence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I mean, what we got with Book of Boba Fett with the few Mandalorian, with a couple Mandalorian episodes, perfect. We know he started his academy. Or he was building the new temple, starting the new academy. Awesome. I don't think we need to go further into the Skywalker story in these time periods. There's other things no. to cover. Uh, yeah. Unless, unless, like you said, unless we see occasional. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a focus. Brief moments. So you can see, yeah. So you can see where, where Luke is at that point. Like maybe in Ahsoka, maybe he'll stop. She'll stop by and visit Luke, which she did. Mm-hmm. But again, and, and you'll see, Oh, Luke's, you know, his, his school's built and he's starting classes. Yeah. Well, as we're talking about this new Republic era and Favreau Filoni, did you actually catch um, when Kathy Kennedy actually introduced Dave Filoni? They have. To that panel? They have. I don't remember. Uh, if I remember, she introduced him, as, I mean, as Dave Filoni, but as like the master storyteller and um, played up that he was trained under George Lucas himself. And how Dave Filoni is probably the um, top storyteller in Lucasfilm today. She's not wrong. I know, but it's it's great to hear her saying that <laughs> and yes. recognizing it. Right. Well, <laughs> and she should, considering he's head of creative. Yeah. Essentially, he is a Kevin Feige for Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. And since uh, he's been put in that position, uh, things have changed a little bit, and all of a sudden, everything kind of dropped into a streamlined position. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Even the stuff that's outside of where their time frame they're playing with is still dropping into place where it's supposed to be. Yes. Uh, but I, I do appreciate the fact that they let Ewan have a lot of creative control with Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And, and Ewan was very respectful of the Star Wars canon and universe to make sure everything was done, especially when they were pitched. Yeah, it's not going to be you and Luke. It's going to be you and Leia. Yeah, he pointed out how he, he was surprised with that. That, that so, was a curveball. Uh, now, they also presented a first look at Jude Law in the show and then welcomed Jude Law stage. Mm-hmm. I wish we could get. You can get will. it. I've not, I've not watched it, but you can get it. It's just not very clear because it's you. It's um, someone who had a cell phone at the yeah. presentation. Yeah. I'll wait till a clear mm-hmm. one was is out. Uh, then finally, we get that long-awaited season three trailer for Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks killer. Yeah, and I, and I love how with the Mandalorian, all of a sudden here's a shot of four four Mandos on screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They kind of look familiar, maybe because I have those four Mandos in Lego form from when they did the Lego uh, Lego Mando playset with the four Mandos. Oh yeah. It's those four Mandos. So I don't know if that was something that Lego created based on concept art or uh, if they did actually appear in season one and it just missed them. But they get a, they get a very big screen time visibility in the trailer, which means they're going to have that in the show. And I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. I do. I like in here also how they um, purposely chose one of the scenes where Bo-Katan is pointing out to him that the watch, the death watch and the children of the watch, that's a small, almost cult within the Mandalorians. They're not the Mandalorians in general. Uh, right. What was the line she uses? Your, your cult has almost ruined the race. Yeah. So, yeah. That, and you see Grief Karga is doing pretty good for himself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then finally, and, well, go ahead. in here, one last question. Is that Babu Freak or just another character of that race? It is Babu Freak. It is. Okay. This is yeah. pre, uh, this is well, when yeah. he's still, um, oh, what's the, it, Zuri took over her mom's syndicate. I can't remember the name of the syndicate, but this is, I don't is remember. he worked for that syndicate and was part, um, cause it's mentioned during the, uh, Poe Dameron book. Ah, at the time uh, Dameron was born on Yavin. His mom was an A-Wing pilot. She dies, and he learns to fly flying her A-Wing, which I find odd that he's not flying an A-Wing in the films. He's flying an X-Wing, but it's okay. Well, you notice you don't see any, that many A-Wings out there either. This is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is true. So My guess is A-Wings don't last long. <laughs> Oh, no. The only ones that we ever saw destroyed were the ones in, uh, I mean, where a whole bunch of them were destroyed was in that opening battle of Last Jedi. Yeah. Well, also, you got if you go with the old Legends tech stuff, if I remember right, uh, according to um, what it was said, the A-Wings didn't have shields. They didn't have hyperdrives. They're, right. so, they're, they sacrificed that for small maneuver. Basically, the same concept of what they did with TIE Fighters. It was uh, small and a highly, huge. highly maneuverable, highly, extremely fast. They may have had hyperdrive, but that's about it. Other than hyper- that, it was just stripped down. They had laser cannons and engines. <laughs> they had hyperdrive. They did have some shielding, but they were not much. Their shields were the weakest. Yeah. So, uh, and then in a separate panel, um, Jamal Avery Jr. and Emma Berman were announced to voice. Kai Brightstar and Nash Durango in the upcoming series Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. Kai Brightstar is a young Jedi youngling who hopes to grow in the ways of the Force and follow in the footsteps of Master Yoda. Nash Durango is a pilot befriends Kai and company, joining them on adventures across the galaxy. Uh, the series is set up during the High Republic era and will arrive in 2023. Yeah, this Look. is the first um, uh, visual 
um, like series or movie or anything in the High Republic era that we're getting. Yes. We thought we were, Acolyte was going to be the first thing we get. But no, this is, I think, the first thing we're going to get that's actually in the High Republic era. It's very interesting seeing Yoda in the High Republic robes. Yeah. Um, and I think it's quite interesting on the characters. A lot of people have been going, hey, look, it's Bebo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I That's want- still the other one. Geekwatch one we talked about it plenty of times, and um, if anybody doesn't know who Bebo is, you have to look up Bebo. But how in the world has Legends no the one game. put out stuffed Bebo toys? That's a DC thing. That's from it's Legends like, of Tomorrow. They would be printing money if they were oh, yeah. selling a tickle me uh, tickle me elbow style Bebo. Well, even if they made a Bebo action figure, you know, if, if Todd McFarlane came out and said we are doing a Bebo multiverse figure to tie in with Legends of the Universe or Legends of Tomorrow, I'd be get, I'll get it. Mm-hmm. Or, or if you associate Bebo with uh, whichever character had loved Bebo, I can't remember the character. I'd be all over oh. it. But with this, uh, I'm now curious to know what this race is. I would laugh if they the call it. Walk. I would laugh if they called it a Bebo. Yeah. Um, and my question is going to be, if these five are the main characters and that droid, are they going to make action figures of these characters of some form? Is there going to be a figure in some form of these characters? And if Imagine so, they would at some point. If so, when? Because I would love to get this group. Yeah, if they do, it'll probably be something more like the Jedi Force or what was the Galactic Fort Heroes, whatever it was yeah. before that. Um, yeah. I think yeah. doing these in the two and a half inch sizing maybe a little small and even the galactic heroes line maybe a little small um it's you can tell this is a preschool um show or a very very young child four four so inch that, figure would be great would be aimed at the young young kids four inch five inch figure would be great yeah that that would be easier for kids to hold um but yeah i would get the set and i think it's something funny too uh the, the one jedi female jedi purple blade mm-hmm as far as well, I know, that's the second. That was an art blade. decision because she's purple. She has purple hair, but you know that works. I'm okay with that. It does not purple does yeah. not need to just stay with mace. No, it shouldn't. There should be more purple blades. There should be yes. So, so that way it makes more sense. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty much all the Star Wars news that came out of D23. Yeah, it was good stuff. Um. I want to wrap it up with this week's show with something that we did on Weeby Geeks discussion wise. I, I told Derek to bring it up tonight. Uh, we talked. Ah, a, yeah. We talked a little bit about uh, Ryan Johnson and his role in the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Um, how that was done by J.J. Abrams. Our question, or the question that came up, if I remember right, do should they have left? Uh, Colin Trevorrow was supposed to do Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what happened that caused him to get removed. Should they? I don't have, think they ever said. I don't. I don't think they ever really said either. Should they ha- have mm. kept Ryan Johnson in place? Let him finish off the trilogy under his vision, since we have no story treatment because they did not. They strayed away from Lucas's story arc or story treatments for the three films. Do you leave? He didn't do you really leave? Create one. Well, Abrams never really created one. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, what we've or, discussed this before. We'll go ahead and finish what the actual question is. Or was it better that they left or brought Abrams back to try to fill in gaps and fill in holes and and um, stop the bleeding, as everyone calls it, from Ryan? Or would you have brought in someone else to replace Colin Trevorrow? That was not the other two. Well, to start with, I think they're for they're 
first mistake was what we've said before of not having an outline of the entire three trilogy. Right. Not Correct. knowing where they're going from the beginning. Correct. Which is why you got um the um uh, what was it, the second one? Um Ryan Johnson. Last yeah, Ryan Johnson's. Uh, you got his movie. What it was because he did not have someplace he was told you have to stop here. Right. right. They just said, okay, go make your Star Wars movie. Tie, tie it to the end of this one. Or the, from what everything that's come out of the Lucasfilm, that's what we found. That's what we've heard. That basically he was just handed the baton and said, go make a movie. Now I will. Right. I will admit the main story was fine. I had no problems with it, even with the slight flaws. I had no problems with the main story. Yeah. Cantu it's just majority of Cantu bite was my problem. Yeah. But um I think and what it is well, is that they could not have Ryan Johnson step in for the third one. Or they would never have done that after probably. the reaction to the second one. Yeah. But I I have said before and I will stick to it in my personal opinion, The Last Jedi for me was the best out of that trilogy. Yeah, I like The Force Awakens better myself. I, I said the same thing. Uh I I liked Force Awakens at the time, but now looking back on it and seeing the things that J.J. Abrams has done, all he did was he really did just recreate A New Hope. Yeah. Okay, but same thing could be said with George. All he did was recreate New Hope when he did Phantom Menace. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No way. How? Well, you had the whole Death Star battle with Anakin blowing no, up the Trade no. Federation. Yeah. Well, no, that was, some of the, no. Wait, wait, wait. Some of the story beats... So the, the, story idea, the was, concepts of it were still there, but it wasn't a straight up remake of the Phantom Men- or of A New Hope. Right. Force now, Awakens. It was, Force it Awakens was, wasn't a straight up remake of A New Hope either. It had the same story beats. It was much closer. It was closer. No, it but, was a straight up. It was pretty much. It was. Well, they had they had a Death Star, an actual Death Star. But the thing is, though, if you look at the way George Lucas told the stories in Star Wars, it um, Star Wars moves in circles. And then the first beat of the each trilogy is very similar to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the second beat of the, of the first two trilogies had some of the similar story beats to them. Obviously, there's major differences. And the same thing with the thirds. The problem is when you get to the sequel trilogy, um, the second one was just kind of bare, tied into, and it was basically, um, it just picks up. The, the, we've said before, I think that my problem with that one, part of it was it picks up like 30 seconds after the fir- first one stops. That See, that doesn't bother me. It's not a stick. Well, you guys think, though, the Empire Strikes Back and Attack of the Clones were both standalone stories that tied into the trilogy. Right. And Empire's um, two years. The Last Jedi is not a standalone story. Without the um, Phantom Menace, you have no Last Jedi. Right. It is a direct sequel, not an actual just the next part chapter in the story. You mean Force Awakens? No. Force Force Awakens into the Last Jedi is hours apart. Standalone movies, they're supposed to be all connected. Right, but the but, yeah, but uh, the yeah. first, other uh, than um, Return of the Jedi, or other than parts three of the first two trilogies, the first two parts of those work as standalone films on their own. You don't have to have seen the first movie before it to understand what's going on. And even um, Revenge of the Sith and um, Return of the Jedi, there's parts of them that tie in heavily into the one before that, but they still you don't have to have seen those movies to know what's going on. There, there, there's enough right. of a With there's the enough of a time Jedi, gap. You have to have seen the Phantom Menace or not the Phantom Menace, the Force Awakens to understand what's going on. I mean, there, there's enough of a time gap. I don't. I, no, you don't. I don't think so. Uh, up until Last Jedi, you get everything you, you need in the opening crawl, and you can go with it. 
Yeah. What was that, Mike? I can say in the in the last, you know, up until Last Jedi, there there's a sizable gap between, or a, a, at least a year gap between movies. Yeah. All of a sudden, doesn't mean you have to do that every time. No, I think I think that's what I think part of the problem may have been is everyone was expecting there to be a a time gap of maybe sure. a year or two. But- not not ours. Yeah, but that's also that's a, the other uh, thing a I liked about the last Jedi. Though the other thing I liked about the last Jedi is it didn't just do the expected. It he yes. tried to do some other things. I, I agree. set up some things. I agree. And then and then JJ came back and he just tried to undo everything Ryan Johnson did and just throw in you know a bunch of fan service and and a hacky story and. That's right. I said it. I didn't. I didn't think the story was that hacky. The the main story. I did. I I can't. It just for for Last Jedi. I mean, it, it's a hard follow, but it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the worst of the three. Well, yeah. Which I mean, one? Last Jedi. No, I would say the worst of the three is Rise of Skywalker. The more and more I've seen it, I agree. But I, I still stick with Rise of Skywalker was done. Or it, it fixes a lot of gaps and holes left from Last Jedi. And I, I think, completely disagree with that. And I, I don't think, see how it. And I think Rise of Skywalker anything. I think, All it does is ruin what was set up. I think Rise of Skywalker is more fan service than Last Jedi. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, also, I saw even though um, I, Last I, Jedi, you got and Ryan Johnson said himself every time he got to something in the story where he said, "Okay, the fans are expect this. Let's go the exact opposite direction every time," and he made a concerted effort to do that. The problem is though, he all, he basically went through and did what um, did the same thing JJ did to him for the third movie. He did to the um, Force Awakens. Everything t- time he got to a point in the Force Awakens, he went the opposite direction of where they were going to go with that. Yeah, and then JJ comes back and does the exact same thing to him. It was almost like they were trying to one up each other. There was just but they didn't have a direction between to go the in. Three. That's the problem. Hmm? Yeah, that, that's the whole they problem. They didn't have a direction to go in. That's that's that is the main problem. Exactly. Like they I said, the problem was when they sat down to write this, they did not write out a story, a, a cohesive outline of the whole thing. And, and I, right. I think that's the main thing that should have been done. And I, I think that part of that is Kathleen Kennedy's blame because she was still new being president, still new to taking over Lucasfilm. And there was this push of getting Star Wars out. Mm-hmm. Well, I, th- I think some the of announcement- this, not just Kathy Kennedy. I think some of it also goes no. to um, yeah. Bob Iger saying, hey, this is what you have to do and not giving her time to sit down and figure it out. Right. And not in um, in purpose. And I don't know if they did it on purpose, but and I don't think she actually um, did the pushing to get George out of the way, but George would have gone a lot slower with it. And um, Iger's like, no, 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 right. we want him to get our return on investment now. Well, no, when Lucas stepped away completely when he sold the company to Disney, that was part of the deal. He goes, look, yeah, but I'm he out. was supposed to be a consultant on all of this. He was supposed to be when he gave him their story story treatment for um, for the trilogy for this new trilogy. Uh, he he came out and or they all came out and said, yeah, we're not doing this going even further microscopically with the wills, which is what he was wanting. We're going to go yeah, a totally different direction of his ideas, not just that part. Exactly. But the problem I was say I'm exactly disappointed about that. Though. The problem. I don't think he would have ended be up with that. I don't think he would have ended with that. I think he would have actually come back out of that. I, I th- hopefully I think they could have 
tweak it could have tweaked the treatment away from the wills but use hopefully there was others see i would love to see this treatment i would love to see that leaked yeah see what Uh, was the treatment what was the synopsis of the uh, actual synopsis of the treatments for the three films was that stuff usable even without the wills which i'm glad which i'm glad they kind of i'm kind of glad they tied in the um the wills into rogue one with uh with balls and and cherry woot having them as guardians of the wills in that book but yeah but i think they made it sound a little better than in that than the descriptions i've heard of the wills yes but problem was when they said we're not going to use lucas's treatments they didn't do anything else Right. Here's the first film. We're going to have three different directors for each one of the tri- sequel trilogy films for the last for the last three films. And each one's going to do their own thing. And they're going to somehow all tie in together. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Somehow. No, um, you, can't, you can't do that. Not with Star Wars. You, you kind of need to focus on the how. Mm-hmm. I mean, once I mean, Lucas kind of had an idea where Empire was going. But yeah. The original trilogy, he had a basic outline when he did the original um, of a new hope. It wasn't detailed. Right. He, he and knew a the lot direction of those ideas changed, but there was a um, there was he knew where he was going in the end. Like I said, that that didn't change short over time, but he knew the general vicinity. Right. But. Right. Obviously, with the prequels, he knew where it was going. Dude, the sequels, I think J.J. did have a general idea of where it was going. No, I said Because remember, he was supposed to produce all three. Yeah, but he did very but little I, on two. I know. When Brian Johnson stepped in there, I think, um, I don't know if he, because we don't have anywhere near all the information. No. But supposedly there were some constant he didn't try to help with the writing on two a little bit and ryan johnson's like no no no, this is my movie i'm gonna do it the way and he's like okay and step back see i i heard ryan johnson did reach out and abrams backed up said here here's a little but it's your film do what you want so i mean it's been both ways right guy to produce it I don't even remember I seeing Abrams' name on the was, was wanted to back away after yeah, he Force did, Awakens. He did his film and he was backing away because he was going back right. and, and was going to do Star Trek IV. Right. Which he's I think Star no Wars longer was on that much project. bigger than he expected. I mean, I think he expected yeah, uh, it to be yeah, big, but it was not, he was not ready for what he got put into. Yeah. Right, right. He might have been a lifelong fan, but I, I don't think he understood. That. And I think some of it was also because remember we heard all the stories about the problems between Bad Robot and Lucasfilm. Yep. I don't. Mm. I think he was not ready for the amount of oversight that he had, yeah. and getting everything right. checked off by someone above him. Where everything he's done so far up to this point, I think even with Star Trek was all it was him and okay, you do he he was able to do whatever he wanted. Right. Since he was rewriting a new Star yeah. Trek timeline. Exactly. And as soon as right. um, Paramount was good with that, he could do just about anything he wanted. Right. He couldn't rewrite a Star right. Wars timeline. Exactly. He's in a new right. era of Star you Wars. Have limits. Exactly. So I guess pose a new question. Was it a mistake to have J.J. Abrams do Force Awakens in general? Or should that have gone to someone else? I don't think it was a mistake to having him. I think he needed someone to guide him, though. No. If, if they would have had, like, a um, yeah. Dave Filoni or Filoni and Favreau producing and then let him um, direct it, even even if he helped them with the script, but someone else wrote the script, I think we'd have a totally different now, thing. I would love to have seen what 
Filoni and Favreau could have done with the sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah, but I, I would love to see their We've ideas. Seen that. It's called Mandalorian. But I, I don't, I don't think Favreau was in the picture at the time. True. No, but, he was. No, he wasn't. But, but given the actual sequel movies, I would love to see what they would, you know, what they would do with it as yeah. part of the, you know, the Skywalker saga and everything. And looking at it back at it from like seven to ten years out now, it's like, holy moly! You realize it was almost it was about ten years ago that Disney bought Lucasfilm, wasn't it? Twenty twelve. Yeah, it's twenty twelve. Ten years ago. Yeah, I'll be twenty. Uh, ten years in October. Yeah, but um, I want to say around Halloween. Actually, the problem 10 years is ago. they would never put. They could not have put right. Filoni in the position of producing all this where not he the, was when they. No, yeah. At this point, uh, when they were making these the sequel trilogy. Filoni had never done anything other than animation. Correct. Right. I mean, I think that he was still trying to, they were still trying to figure out what his job was at Lucasfilm at that point. Mm, yes. Because most of the animation was done or the, the heavy part of it that he was doing. So he's trying to figure out, okay, what is my position here? What is my job? Uh, he was still tied right. in with story group as well. Yeah. So, I mean, he would, but he didn't is, have to find his story group even a this. thing anymore. Yes. It's still a thing. Uh, yeah, it's now Pablo, Hidal- Filoni. Pablo yeah. Hidalgo is still, Keeper of the story group, um, but everything still has to be essentially approved by Filoni. Which is basically where they were when Lucas was here. Yes. Except for instead of going to George, it goes to Dave. Correct. Mm. Everything goes Pablo through. Pablo still had the same job back when George was in charge. Yep. Isn't she still there? Everything still files through Pablo, and then Pablo runs it up to Dave. I don't believe Kathleen has anything to do with Star Wars. Well, remember, fate. years ago, when they were making the sequels and stuff, we had suggested, hey, why don't you put Dave in, in the in charge of creative and let Kathy take care of business. All right. And Hey, guess what happened <laughs> eventually afterwards? <laughs> uh, it was like, we were listening to the force. Yep. Cause apparently in 2020 or 2021, Dave was made head of creative, but didn't, um, but it wasn't announced till earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's already been in that role for a year. Well, we've said, oh, okay. we, like I said, we've said for years, Kathy Kennedy is a very, very successful businesswoman in Hollywood. Yes. When it comes to everything else she's done with her husband, with all the producing, with working with Spielberg, with Lucas, she was doing the product, the um, the business side of producing. Yeah, right. While other people are doing the creative side of it. Now, I'm sure she has some input in some of that stuff, but she's a businesswoman. Let her deal with making sure the um, everything is paid, everything is set up and ready to go, so that the creative people can just create. Yeah, right. And, and this is, I think, this is something we've always said. Yeah. And but, I've never had a problem with her on a business perspective. Uh, but I do think no, it was smart that Filoni has kept Favreau around as well. Yes. Well, Favreau, George Lucas told him how to tell stories. Favreau taught him how to direct. Mm, Favreau right. taught him how to direct live action. Yes. And Filoni is Dave teaching. Dave has always been a great, been phenomenal. Because if you listen to any of the voice actors stuff, Dave has always been an actor's director, which is one thing George never had. Right. <laughs> but Filoni, but in turn, yeah, yeah. Filoni, Filoni's been teaching Favreau animation. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see Favreau do an animated mm. project for, for Lucasfilm. I know. That's going to end up being amazing as well. He already did an animated project. Yeah. It was called Jungle Book. That was live action. That was for Disney, not Lucasfilm. There was one live action character in that entire movie. Yeah, the rest was CG. <laughs> but no, I'm like talking. That was an animated film. I'm talking animated feature. That's animated project. Like enough to make you call the live action. 
like Bad Batch or Clone Wars. I want to see what Favreau does. Yeah. I really Favreau want. may not want to do it. No, he he supposedly wants to do an anime project. Because that's why he was so excited from learning from, from Dave about the animation side. He may have actually helped with some of that Tales of the Jedi. Don't know. Find out. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So uh, on that Maybe. note, looking at time, final thoughts, guys. Our discussion not went much. a little we longer did, than We covered than most of what happened this weekend. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, that, Mike? I said but we, we went just a hair longer with that final discussion than I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. That's because you know that rabbit hole. That's we always happens. fall down. When we fall down that rabbit hole, we go for hours. Yeah, but you know, that was a, it's, it's a mm. good rabbit hole because you know, we had a good conversation about it sure. on We Be Geeks as well. And, mm-hmm. and and I thought, oh, we, we, we touched on some good stuff then. And Derek, I, I, you and I still ended up almost repeating exactly or keeping the same ideals that we had from We Be Geeks, <laughs> like I thought we would. But hearing Ken chime in as well with it and, and yeah. how... How it didn't sway our th- our thought a lot, and you know, we were we were able to see the points, like we were able to see each other's points the other day. Um, mm-hmm. It's still uh, it, it was a great discussion. Yeah, yeah no bloodshed. No somehow no feelings are hurt. Three of us did not come to a consensus, a hundred percent agreement. But for some reason, we're all still friends, and we're not screaming at each other. How's that happen? Because <laughs> this is what the fan. This is what fandoms what are, are supposed about? to be. This is what fandoms are supposed to be. But it's okay. Yeah. They're coming down to my world and. In a week and a half, he may not be going back. <laughs> he's going to he's going to Disney. The brainwashing will begin. There, there's a spot for him, and it's a small world. No. <laughs> oh, no. On that, on that note, if, that. no, thank you. If there's no other final thoughts, then I'm just mm-hmm. gonna leave it with this. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jets, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!